What's up, guys? It's your boy Lance from the Heel Turn Collective, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Whole Fast is based in Colorado Springs, and they are a responsibly sourced coffee that they grind in-house. You heard me right, in-house. And right now, if you use the promo code HEELTURN20, you get 20% off your entire basket today over at wholefastcoffeeco.com. So make sure you're helping out a great small local business and your favorite heels, and check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. And now, for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. You cannot counter-program the love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling! This is One with the Undercard, All Elite Edition. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 29 of One with the Undercard. Hard to believe, been here 29 weeks, but I have not been alone. And I am joined once again by my esteemed broadcast colleague, Silky J. Johnson. What's going on, Silky? Hey everybody, I'm excited to be in here with you this week once again to bring you the worst and... The not as bad of mm. AEW this week. Uh, AEW that was brought to you uh, in part by a rich millionaire and Combat Zone Wrestling on December okay. 16th uh, in mm. the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> and a joint production, Only Wrestling and Combat Zone Wrestling. Oh, that's right. They're doing, they, they, they have the deal with Impact. They just wrestle like they're on Combat Zone Wrestling. Good Lord. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get into a lot of this. Uh, full disclosure on this show, I think we should just say it up front. Um, we're big fans of the product. We're big fans of all elite wrestling. This will not be a positive review. Just a heads up. This ain't going to be positive. Like top to so, bottom, I don't think I, – I there are a couple of bright spots that I will talk about. One or two bright spots that I will talk about. Well, we're, we're going to get to that and, and so much more today. Boy. But it will be under a laundry list of things that make me angry. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds about right. But uh, look, I mean, these shows are gonna, they're going to be up and down. You know, again, AEW is still a, a company in its infancy. So um, they're still learning along the way. Um, so this is just one of those proverbial dips in the road, if you will. Um, and we, we cover it all because we love it and we care about it and we want this product to thrive. And you can't thrive without being positive and negative. So we're going to try to do the best we can. But I wanted to give a full disclosure. I'm going to shit on a lot of this show this week. Um, uh, before we do that, though, let's pay some bills here. Uh, check out the sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your basket today. Uh, our boy Hayden French, constant barista of the week on this show. Got this a promotion. Roaster Very, of the week. Yes, roaster of the week. Got a promotion. Very exciting stuff. Uh Hayden French doing some doing some bad boy shit. And I like it. You know? So the bad uh, boy. Yeah, the bad boy. We're gonna talk a lot about oh, the Oh, we're bad gonna talk boy. about the bad boy. Yes, yes. But uh, you know what? Let's just get into this. Let's get into this, Silky. Um, and we're gonna start this week like we do every week. It is with the ratings again. I know, I know. I this know. is a, like in the quest for a million viewers. This episode is certainly not how you do it. Please tell me that they drew like four hundred thousand because that's what they uh, deserved. 
no, no. It was not 400,000. Actually, 806,000. Still kind of strong comparatively. You know, still. Uh, I'm, calling it next, I'm calling it next week. There'll be a dip in the numbers because this uh, episode was uh, not good. I also think there's going to be a dip in the numbers because there's a bunch of spoilers on Reddit that I've already read. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously I'm going to watch a show because we are the number one analysis for all things all elite wrestling. So of course I'm going to watch it because I have to bring, you know, a lot of people claim to be the number one in analysis for all elite wrestling, but none of them bring what we bring to the table. What we bring to you people every week is unrivaled, unparalleled, unmatched, unprecedented. Uh, it's it's just Brutally not the honest. same. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, not unlike the AEW action figure line, we are truly unrivaled. Uh, with that being with that being said, AEW you. AEW comes in eight hundred six thousand point three two in the eighteen to forty nine demo. Very interesting stat from last week, Jay. AEW beat Raw and SmackDown in the eighteen to forty nine demo. For what it's worth. Um, yeah. NXT though they, they they cut the deficit, you know they come in seven hundred sixty six thousand. That's pretty strong, uh, comparatively, you know, because last week they're at six fifty nine. The week before they're at six fifty eight. So here up almost a hundred thousand people in AEW, almost down a hundred thousand people. So it looks like a lot of people were more interested in NXT this week, but AEW still squeaks out a win. And look, we talk about this every single week. I don't think TNT is going to be upset with eight hundred six thousand. You know, because this is an this is not an established brand. They're just getting there, getting almost a million every week. I mean, there's not a lot to complain about when it comes to that. You know, so ratings wise, they're doing what they have to do to kind of, um, you know, keep that core demographic. And trust me, after this show, this was a core demographic show if I've ever seen one. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, like Silky said right off the top, man, this took place on on December sixteenth, Wednesday, as usual in. in I just look. I'm just gonna get right into this. I'm just gonna hop right into this. Uh, if you'll if you'll allow me, Jay, for a second, um, to talk about what we saw in this opening match. Um, so obviously we're joined by the announcers, Jim Ross, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone again. Out comes Hangman Adam Page, and he's with John Silver and Alex Reynolds, and they're taking on Matt Matt Hardy and Private Party. Um, One of the few things I appreciated, the Dark Order came out with Adam Page. We didn't have to worry about their little entry music. We didn't have to worry about their little taking extra time. Uh, They were unnecessary for this match, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, uh, obviously the questions rage. Will Adam Page join the Dark Order? Uh, What's going on with this alliance here? Hey, man, you never know. Look, this guy was main eventing pay-per-views six months ago and now he's on here in the fucking opening match. So I don't know. Would it really shock you? Would it really shock you if they're trying to turn the dark order in the NWO? Like, and they're going to have 9 million members. Anyway, this match sucked. I, God damn it. Private party. Would you stop? Would you stop trying to be like the young bucks, please? I need to, I need every tag team in this company to stop trying to emulate the young bucks because it's driving me insane. Please, Let's we have a tag, tag you're not gonna you're not gonna get it unless that tag team is SCU or FTR. Oh. All oh, of these like, new tag teams that the young bucks are gonna sign 
are going to be just like the Young Bucks. And do you fucking know why? why because the Young Bucks like th- what the Young Bucks like. The Young Bucks don't like pro wrestling. The Young, the young Bucks like acrobatics. They like circus shit. They like gymnastics. They don't like professional wrestling. That's why they named their book Killing the Business. Well, we warned you at the top of the show this is going to be a duly negative review, and we're already hot. We're already uh, off and running, if you will. Uh, I think that uh, the shooting star press that Mark Quinn does off of someone's back looks so phony. It looks so phony because— It's a gymnastics routine. That's exactly what it is. I mean, look, there's some nice spots here. Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate off the apron onto the floor. That, that was, was impressive. That, yeah, was that was good. And this is the only bright spot of the match. Only bright spot of the match is that he hits it on John Silver, and John Silver is out for the rest of the match. <laughs> uh, yes, you got that right. That's the um, only thing uh, they got right. Well, look, um, the... He does that off the apron, which was which was impressive. Uh, but John Silver couldn't sell it right. He starts clutching his knee. I watched it like three or four different times. No one touched that knee. Um, I don't think he's aware that the twist of fate is uh, is actually a neck breaker, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, he's supposed to sell his neck, not his knee. I don't know if he missed that memo. Well, I mean, look, uh, there's been plenty of people that have taken the twist of fate over the years, and uh, I don't know the answer to that question, my friend. Um, but uh, Matt Hardy throws, I think it was, yeah, it was Alex Reynolds into the into the ring. Private Party hits the gin and juice, which... Which is actually, like, for, an act, for a gymnastics move, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 that's a cool move, but I also don't like the the cooperation it takes to pull it off mm-hmm. you know i don't like that like like it just i don't know it's an impressive move and i don't want anyone to take this as if i hate private party because i don't there's a lot worse tag teams that i've seen i just wish they would kind of create their own identity and, and not want to be just the young bucks like fat i don't need every match to be a million miles an hour you know what i mean so it's like these kind of matches you know uh you know, you hit the gin and juice, and Matt Hardy tags himself back in. You know, they get the pin and stuff, and that's all cute. But like, where's this story going? Like, like what? What is the end game here? Because obviously, Matt Hardy tags himself back in, and so like, why did he tag himself back in? Why didn't he just let one of the members of Private Party get the pin? You know, like, so I don't understand like where this is going, or like if this is just him taking that uh, Private Party under his wing or whatever. I don't understand what's going on with it. Do you? I have no idea. Like, no storyline advanced well, after this match. Like, I, I'm i just lost, so we're going to move on. Matt Hardy and Private Party win after 11 minutes. That's all you need to know. Uh, if you're into, like, Young Buck style matches, watch this one. Um, next, the Inner Circle's back with if Alex If you're into Barnett. Young Buck style wrestling, this podcast may not be for you. Yes, this is not a very Young Bucks friendly. Based I'm a big off of all the assholes who downvote me for telling the truth on Reddit. Well, I mean, look, those those guys deserve it, you know. Uh, I'm actually a Young Bucks fan. Uh, Silky is not. I am not. The Young Bucks have go-home heat with me, as does okay. Kenny Omega. All right. Uh, next on the show, we got Alex Marvez interviewing the Inner Circle. MJF has a plaque, and they talk about the New York Times article between him and Jericho uh, for the dinner debonair. Um, he said that they're he's a mentor and they're best friends. Uh, Jericho or MJF says he loves him. And then 
Jericho says congratulations. I mean, this was fine. I think it's fun that Tony Khan paid the New York Times a decent chunk of money to give MJF an award. Do you think that's what happened? It has to be what happened. The New York Times doesn't give a shit about wrestling. Are you kidding me? Or they, or they wrote about it. Yeah, because Tony Khan probably told them to. Hey, if I give you $100,000 to your organization, uh, would you consider writing a piece on wrestling? I mean, well, if he did, look. Oh, I'm going to talk about Co- Tony Khan later in the show. Just prepare for that. Uh, next, there is a, a Cody and, and Brandy Rhodes segment where they they go to the door they open it up there's a christmas present there they open it up and it seems like these two are pregnant and they're gonna have a kid very exciting stuff it's very cool that brandy took a bump a few weeks ago if they're gonna announce if they're gonna announce this early uh it's a little reckless if brandy took that bump a couple weeks ago with jade cargill um but hey what do i know i'm not uh i'm not a parent um valid um, I, this, congratulations to Cody and Brandy, first of all. Uh, second of all, this promo made a couple of questions raise in my head. One, are they always dressed in their finest uh, when, like, it's just on a Tuesday? <laughs> at, at noon on a Tuesday, like, is Cody wearing the rhinestone shoes and the, uh, the, the clean pressed suit? Can I say this real quick? Having Please. shoes on that white car, having shoes on that white carpet, carpet. I can't even say it. Having shoes on that white carpet. Yikes! That that is just that is a no no in the Augustine house anyway. Oh, it's it's a no no anywhere you go. It's impolite. Uh, but, but I mean, this dude's just chilling in a suit. You're right. Come on. Is Brandy wearing high heels like all day long? That doesn't sound like any fun. Uh, second question. Who dropped off the ornament? Is this was this news to them that they got this package? Uh, did they did they have any idea? It just it just magically showed up when the cameras were there. Uh, look, man. I mean, there's a lot of questions raised. Valid points. Look at my look at Mike. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, my friend. Don't patronize me. Okay, all right, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, congratulations on that. It seems like Cody. And Brandy, you know, look, I'm a fan of the segment because, God damn it, they had continuity. She had the damn brace on. And she was wearing the brace. And, and Lance, I'll say it this week. You don't have to. Does Brandy Rhodes have to be on television every week? Every goddamn week. Anyway. (laughs) Congratulations to the Rhodes family. Yes, I'm very excited for them. I, I, I think they will be fantastic parents. They have strong-willed uh, parents. Here's my the, the biggest thing. I think I'm as, as excited about this because now Brandy's going to have to take some time off TV. Well, don't uh, get, don't get ahead of yourself. Okay, she'll probably give birth live on TNT. <laughs> anyway, next um, week the birth. <laughs> next week the birth. Um, Thirty-eight weeks from now, be prepared to see <laughs> next week on Dynamite the birth. We're in there. Alex Marvez got exclusive footage inside the birth. Oh pit. no, no, no! Like Doc Samson will be in the ring delivering this baby. Not Doc Samson. Anyway. Doc Samson will be in the ring delivering this baby live on television. What a segue from from the segment, though, because Cody's in the next match, and, and Brandy and Arn Anderson walk him down to the ring. Brandy kisses him, and then uh, 
And then Angelico makes his entry. Arn Anderson coming down to the ring looking like one of, uh, he looked like a creature from New Jersey. From like, mm. he, he straight up looked like he had just come from his Guma's house uh, in that tracksuit. Oh, man. Look, Tell me I'm wrong. Don't be dogging on the Adidas tracksuit. I wear it all the time. Um, but look, look, I cannot, I cannot under no circumstances, Jay, will I sit on this show and say, I can take fucking Angelico seriously when he dances down to the ring like that. He looks bad. Oh, God. What the fuck? What is going on, man? <laughs> you're, mad, you're more mad about it than I am. And I'm dude, just deeply frustrated by it. Dude, dude, dude. These guys that are habitually on dark, I get it. You're trying to elevate them. I get it. But God damn it, you don't have to throw Angelico in a match with Cody Rhodes. You don't. You, you know, don't. Dude, that would be like throwing Nunzio in a match with The Rock. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand. And Jack Evans, for a dude that has 20 years under his belt, Hasn't impressed me a second in the ring. For one second. I don't never believe been. you when you say 20 years. I would believe you if you told me six months. I will look it up right now, and it's 20 years. He's been in Ring of Honor. He was like one of the first dudes in Ring of Honor in 2002. Jumping Jack Evans or whatever. They're so what? bad, it's criminal. So God, anyway, anyway. Cody, if, yeah. Cody, if anybody can get a good match out of anybody that comes over from Dark or is new to the business or has no experience being on television, it's Cody. Cody has consistently gotten good matches out of out of uh, stinkers. He did not get a good match out of Angelico. <laughs> I knew you, man. I knew that punchline before you went there, bro. I knew that punchline. It was, I was like, so bad. Look at Jay over here, man. Just dropping the lines. I like it. It was like so it. bad. This match sucked, okay? And Helico got way more offense than he should have. Of okay. course he did. Come on, man. Like, I did I did like the fact that Cody did not use the crossroads. Uh, he finished with uh, a step-up uh, cutter off the top rope. Which, um, oh, oh, there's so many things that could go wrong with that. And then Helico sold it like shit. He sold it so bad. It, like... like Oh. Cody can get away with doing that sort of top rope shit because he doesn't do it all the time. So when he does it, it's actually impressive. When the Young Bucks do it, they're just doing that thing that they did last week and it's unimpressive. Why? Why is Angelico in this position? Why? 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 What has he done in AEW to get a spot like this? I don't think the answer is what. Lance, I think the question is who. I'm dead serious, man. TH2 has been on Dark for nine months, and all of a sudden, they're getting matches with Cody Rhodes. Look, Cody wins after 10 minutes, after it jumps off the top rope and hits a cutter. I refuse to talk about this match. Great, I, moving I, on. I can't. I, I have to talk about it. Cody goes for the crossroads, but Angelico reverses it like he was ever going to hit it. Come on, man. And then Cody hit the, the diving cutter. That's all I'll say about it. The match went 10 minutes. God damn it. It's a 10-minute squash match, Jay. That's what it should have been. And, uh, 
God, this is frustrating. Not as frustrating as what happened afterward, though. Team Taz comes out. Of course, it's Taz, Brian Cage, Mr. Facial Hair himself, Ricky Starks. And Captain Hook. Yes, it was Taz's son who apparently we're supposed to know. It's implied he was training with Cody, but now he's not because he's with Team Taz. I... Anyway, they come out. You think Hook's going to have a feud with Peter Pan? Hilarious. Holy shit, he's going to have a feud with Jungle Boy. And it's going to be like watching Peter Pan. Holy hell. Please pay. Please pay. Um, I don't know. uh, Please pay us $100,000 or we'll write the TV show. Um, But for the third week in a row, Jay, for the third week in in a row. They come out. Yes. They talk shit. The lights dim. It's Sting. He comes out, points the bat, turns around and leaves. Look, Tony Khan, if you're looking to pay somebody a million dollars to be on TV for two minutes a week, I'm your man. Okay? I'm your man. I'll sign that contract right now. I get Sting's a big get. I get it. And he is. Hell yeah, he is. But this is not how you use him, man. Tony Khan, for $100,000, I will play Gilbert on your television set. Dude, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be this critical of this show. But having Tony Schiavone yell, it's Sting, every single time, really wears on you. I love Tony Schiavone. I think that he is the premier announcer at that desk. I don't need to hear him say, it's Sting, Every goddamn week. I don't need to hear it. And he comes out and points the bat. Like That's it. Just just get to Cody and Sting at at Revolution, right? That's what's happening. Come on, if if it's not that, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Because that's exactly what it is. I just I'd never You know what? I'll never why are you paying this man all this money to come out for two minutes? Why? Have him be a commissioner or something. Have him do something. Man, Sting, my man. No, Sting, I'm talking to you right now. All right, man to man. All right. Look, I, I'm I'm a big fan of you, brother. But I need you to do something else but come out and point the bat. That's just what, that's the conversation between Sting and Tony, Tony Khan right now. That's what needs to happen. Anyway, let's move on, Jay, shall we? Um... Miro's interview backstage. This was actually a bright spot on this show. I thought this was a cool promo. You know, because it proved that Miro can do more than just play video games. Uh, Boy, a novel idea. Hey, who would have thought, right? Um, Miro hospitalized $75,000 because he hurt three staff members last week. And, you know, he gets fined and all this stuff. and, And he said he's coming after Orange Cassidy. And, you know, look. I don't need to see Miro destroy Orange Cassidy, but that seems to be where they're going with it. And because they're the, you know, well, you would think it would be Miro and Kip Sabian against the best friends, but it seems like they're more going towards Miro against Orange Cassidy, right? Maybe. Am I the only one that says that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. If it's don't know. either way, <sighs> you think Miro loses to Orange Cassidy because he's Tony Khan's favorite wrestler? Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> you want to talk about it? I Look, I'd need a therapy session to talk about that. But, uh, oh, goodness. Look, I, look, I, 
There's a lot. Look, the one bright spot from last week's show, one of the bright spots, I thought last week's show was pretty good. Uh, one of the bright spots, though, was Miro destroying everybody at the end of the show. Here, you know, he's talking about, you know, the money that Khan's finding him and stuff like that. And, you know, how he's coming after Orange Cash. It just, it came off as a better promo than most in AEW. And I was pretty excited about that. You know, it just seemed like it was a, a like a serious, like upfront promo. Like, I really want to kick your ass, you know? So, yeah, I wonder okay. why. Probably yeah, because I'll someone take- has taught him how to talk on the mic. Wow. Who would have thought that, right? Um, so, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. But, uh, to say to say that uh, to say you got fined seventy five grand, man, that's a little, it's a little much. But uh, I digress. Uh, next, Eddie Kingston's out, man, and Eddie Kingston before he even says anything on the on the mic, the only thing you can say when you look at this dude is, God damn, he's gonna whoop someone's ass. Like he just looks like a legitimate badass. You know, Eddie Kingston does not look like someone to be trifled with. Eddie Kingston is super believable. Everybody knows an Eddie Kingston in their life that says when they grow up, they want to be a construction worker or a professional fighter. Uh, Like, and just like, it talks crazy. And like Eddie, everybody knows an Eddie Kingston. Mm, Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, look, there's not uh, talking. I'm not talking down on either of those professions. Both of them are noble, but like, Eddie Kingston is just one of those guys who, like, is just, he's real, he's raw, he's authentic. Everybody knows Eddie Kingston in their life. He's like, so he's relatable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, look, but he also calls, calls out God immediately, and it was so sick. Yeah, I mean, that's hey, look, anytime you can call out God for a one-on-one. I mean, that's that's what's got to happen. But uh, he talks about Pac a little bit, but then he just he throws a little shade at Lance Archer. Uh, he immediately out- then comes out to the ring and whoops his ass before he can even throw any shade at him. It was the most frustrating thing. It was like Lance Archer was waiting there. Just say my name, motherfucker. I dare you. Say my name. Even, even think about saying my name. I'm going to come out there and beat your ass. He didn't give him time to make it important. Ugh, it was frustrating. It really yeah. ground my gears. I got to tell you, though, not as frustrating as watching whatever the fuck the bunny was doing when the butcher <laughs> the plane runs down. She's standing on she's standing on the ramp. Woman, would you please get beside the ring or something? Don't stand right in the camera view where I have to just look at you making these awkward facial expressions. Please stop. Stop doing that. Like, and who the hell side are you on? Are you with QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes anymore? Like, what is going on here? Like, has she been the bunny for like a month? But before that, she was, I I don't understand it. Anyway, the Butcher and the Blade come down and they start, you know, they start helping uh, Eddie Kingston fight off Lance Archer. But then here comes Phoenix and Penta. Then out of nowhere, here comes Pac. Four on three advantage. Lance Archer and Pac and, you know. Uh, Pac ends up taking Eddie Kingston out. Lance Archer's pissed about it, turns him around. They have a face-off, but it seems like they're cool. Making Pac a babyface is an absolute mistake. It's a mistake. Why are you well, doing I that? I don't think they're doing that. They're just yeah, really bad at figuring. Uh, I don't know. They're like, remember, heels and faces don't exist in all elite wrestling. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Like, you're giving me, you're giving me, just you're making my head spin and I don't like it. I don't like it. But uh look, 
They come down, they do the beatdown, they have the stare down. Who the hell is Eddie Kingston feuding with? And why? Like, I get it if he's feuding with Pac, I get that. Why the hell is Lance Archer involved in this? Why the hell did he get involved? He's, and there's oh. too much going on at once. What the fuck, man? There's too much going on. It's, it's chaos. It's bedlam, as JR would say. Anyway, moving on. Dustin Rhodes is interviewed by Dasha Gonzalez. Dustin said that seven was a bad idea then in WCW, and it's a bad idea now. Dustin says all the Dark Order is going to fall, and next week it is Dustin Rhodes against Evil Uno. (sighs) Anyway, next was a 12-man tag team match. It was supposed to be a 14-man tag team match, but Wardlow attending to a uh, to a family matter couldn't make it. And guess who got cut from the face team? None other than the guy that mocks JR on Twitter for some reason because he's Brandon fucking Cutler. Like, bro, I feel like I've done as much in the wrestling business as you've done. And I haven't even stepped in a wrestling ring ever. I, to have... To have Brandon Cutler have the audacity to tell JR to make fun of him when he's just trying to give constructive criticism. Who do you think was going to get cut out of this match? Jay, who do you think was going to take the fall if Brandon Cutler was in the match? Brandon Cutler, obviously. I mean, it's not a game show at this point. not Not only is he a job guy, he's the job guy on AEW Dark who didn't have a win for a whole year. Like... He he had a count out with Peter Avalon before he had a win. Like this guy is not only is he the job guy, he's the job guy on dark and he sucks. Uh, and I think your analysis about doing the same or more for the wrestling business than Brandon Cutler is right. So he's the guy that's going to get out of it. He's the first one uh, on the chopping block for this goofy, bad match that happened yep yep look we're just going to cut to the long skinny of this uh this was hard to keep up with but there were some bright spots here and there you know obviously mjf you know he he gets some offense in uh and the face team gets a good bit in here too uh but uh i don't know like hey two weeks in a row two weeks in a row brian pillman jr looks good yeah yeah so i mean look uh that, shoulder, that springboard shoulder block he does is just nutty. Yeah, yeah. It, I it, actually it, forgot. Looks, it looks real. I was so fired up that I forgot to even mention that it's Chris Jericho, MJF, Jake Hager, Ortiz, Santana, and Sammy Guevara against the best friends, Trent, Trent and Chuck Taylor, the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr., and our boy and yours, Griff Garrison, and the top flight, which is Darius and Dante Martin. So... Just by me reading those names, you can pretty much know how this went. Uh, I mean, it was, but they did have some, you know, they did have some minutes where, uh, you know, it looked good throughout. I mean, Jay, what did you think of the matches? All I'll let you take this one. <sighs> it it wasn't the worst thing on this program. Uh, I feel like Not that's much. yeah. I do. I don't know. I I'd like to talk about the end of this match. Uh, where Wardlow come or where uh, excuse me, uh, Jake Hager comes in for the first time at the end of this match and hits an F ten 
uh, is he, uh, I, I, I like that. And it, it at least advances the storyline with him and Wardlow. So either he's paying homage to Wardlow, who's going through some shit right now, or he's mocking him while he's not there. Uh, it goes one of two ways. And, uh, that's like, that's one of the few things I've, that, that left me, uh, excited about this match. Now that F10 looked bad. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, it happened. Uh, MJF picks up the fall and, uh, that was, that was this match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, um, there's certain things that kind of bug me. Like Darius at one point hits a standing Spanish fly on Ortiz. Sammy Guevara does that move too. I don't need two guys doing like, cause the Spanish fly to me is a signature move, not a finisher, but it's a signature that one guy does. I don't need six guys doing that move. Lance, have you seen a Young Bucks match? Yes, I've seen a Young Bucks match. And we're not going to talk about There's your explanation. Okay, well, look. Um, If you can can get away with doing every single move you know in a match, that's that's the strategy there. Yeah, I mean, look. It's too busy. Yeah, you're right. But uh, you're right, though. At the end, Hager does hit the F10. Uh, and and it does not look Wardlow does it a lot better, but look, uh, the inner circle win that kind of pushes that man. They're kind of working like a team a little bit more, but this match wasn't really, I mean, like it's not really that it wasn't that impressive overall. You know it's what I'm saying? It's hard to have organization. It's hard to have something that looks well put together when you put 12 guys in the ring. Like unless it's a battle royal, it's too mu- it's too much. And the idea that they were even going to add two more people and make this a fourteen man tag match, it's just too much. It gets a lot of people screen time, sure, but at what cost? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, now it's look. it's fine when they do it in battle royals, like yeah. they did the diamond uh, the dynamite diamond battle royal the other day. Uh, it advanced a lot of different storylines, but it was a battle royal, and so it worked. In this, it's just too much. It's disorganized. It's hard to keep traditional tag team rules with so many factors in here. There's so many guys going at it. And, and, it's and hard what? to keep traditional tag rules in AEW anyway, so if the rules don't matter, then I guess, like, why not? Look, I mean, there's... Look, I, I could go into detail about this match... But I like everybody involved, so I'm not going to shit on it a whole bunch. Wasn't the best match I've ever seen. Wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. It was pretty good. Because I respect every, I respect pretty much everybody in this match, especially my boy Griff Garrison. But um, I respect a lot of these guys, so I'm not going to shit on it. But this could have been better. I wasn't a big fan of the 14-man tag team match. But like we say every week, Jay, what the fuck do we know? Um, what do I know? Uh, top Flight attacks Chris Jericho and MJF after the match. Um, they call yep. them out later. Um, yep. So expect hey, that to be happening and expect Top Flight to be getting in too much offense. And yep. Expect yep. Top Flight to, I guess, keep biting off more than they can chew. Hey, we're going to have to see, huh? Um, my biggest gripe with Top Flight is I feel like Top Flight and I feel like uh, – uh, what is the other team's name? I feel like Top the Flight acclaimed? and the Acclaimed are like the same tag team. That's because they are? 
like like seriously like they do the same like they have the same mannerisms you know obviously the acclaim come down and they do a different kind of gimmick and things like that but i just feel like they're it's they're slightly different I they're just think like they're too similar. yeah you know like like i like both teams but they have to do something to separate themselves them private party and, and like you know i could them, you know, private party, the varsity blondes, you know, and, and all these other teams, like they're all, they need to do something to differentiate themselves, mm-hmm. you know, like, like what's different about you, you know? Uh, but, but look, I think top flight have a future in front of them. I think, you know, they stay, stay where they're going. You know, I think they're going to, as long be as they stay in the young bucks, good graces, they're going places. Yeah, very true. Uh, next Thunder Rosa uh, cuts a promo, half of it in Spanish, half in English, but Britt Baker takes her out, puts her in the, uh, like the, the rings of Saturn. As I like to know him as, but I'm sure she calls him something else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she uh, – and they start wiping off her face paint. I thought this is a pretty effective segment if you are if you want my opinion on it. I think it's pretty effective because now, all right, you know what? I'm pumped to see Brett, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa go at it. I'm excited now. They'll so, have a match at Revolution for sure. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh Next, the acclaim do come out. It is Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Uh, they cut raps, you know, not not unlike John Cena during the Doctor of Thugonomics era. Uh, but these guys are pretty good, and, you know, they got a good flow and everything. Frankie Kazarian grabs a microphone and cuts a, a rap promo on them. Which uh, is pretty good for an old yeah, man. I mean, yeah, for an old man, you know, I'll, I'll give it to him for sure. Um, in this match, you know what? I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Obviously, when you have Kazarian and you have um, Christopher Daniels, I mean, two guys just have a wealth of experience underneath them. So I like seeing a team like the Acclaim going up against um, SCU because the Acclaim have earned it. You know why they've earned it, Jay? Because they have won seven matches up to here. Where? And, Where did they win those seven matches? Well, they're eight and zero after this match. Eight and one, and where did eight. they win those matches? Look, they've won. Did they win them on dark? Maybe. Yes, this is their first not- time on dynamite. Well, look, I think that uh, I think that it's not mixing signals because I like the acclaim. Like I know we talked about it earlier. Why? Why is uh, Joey Janela in these positions? And why is guys? We'll like- talk about Janela here momentarily. I will yeah, yeah. say this. I will say this. The acclaimed actually got over with me as heels. Like, I was legit mad when they won this match. Uh, spoiler alert, they hit uh, Christopher Daniels in the head with a boombox, uh, knock him out. Classic heel move, classic angle uh, the, for the one, two, three. And I legit, I, this, they did this right. I got mad. I've never seen the acclaimed before. Uh, up until that point, I did not care about who they were. They were just some corny rappers coming down to the ring. Uh, and they got over with me. They did their job and they were great. Okay. Now that's the key component in all of this. That's why I'm not making excuses for, because I made the argument earlier. You can't bring guys up from dark and just put them in matches. First of all, SCU is not on the level uh, of like, you know, um, Angelico facing Cody Rudd. It's not the same thing. SCU are, are not, you know, they're not FTR. They're not the tag teams that are really built up in AEW. So the acclaimed here, getting a win here over veterans like this. And that they're an established the- team. They were the first champions on the program. And so they're yeah. like they're established. But they're not huge. You know what I mean? Like They're not yeah. one of the push tag teams. And you give the acclaimed a big win here. That's not 
obviously Angelico's not going over on Cody Rhodes. Oh, God, obviously no. Joey Janela is not going over on Kenny Omega. Like it's just not. But this, okay, this is how you do this. And I thought that look, um, Kazarian hit some nice moves. For, you know, he can still go for being an older dude. Him and him and Daniels can still go. Yeah. And they have, like, again, they have a wealth of experience. A great Blue Thunder bomb. Uh, by Kazarian. No, that was by Daniels. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I, I got to tell you, man. Like I, I've been a big fan of Christopher Daniels a long time. I'm super happy he's with this company because he can show these young guys a lot. Because I think Christopher Daniels is one of those guys, one of the more underrated workers ever. You know. So I think that uh, I don't know. So I, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where they go with it. But the acclaimed, they get the victory, but now they're going to face. The Young Bucks for the tag team titles next week. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about giving them like a, a title match just like that. I but don't again, think, yeah, like put them in a feud with SCU. Let them learn from SCU. Yeah, like because- and then give them like a a bigger match at Revolution. Uh, give them a give them a rematch um, in a week or two. You know, oh, you guys didn't play fair. Uh, SCU picks up the win in match two, and then they have the rubber match at Revolution, and uh, the acclaim go over again. Boom, they've been pushed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you're you're right, and but but like the acclaim, like for real though, if you break it down to its most minute level, all right, the acclaimed they were kind of impressive. They go over SCU. I, I again, I, I think we're in agreement here. We don't need them to have a title shot right now. I don't need that. No, but what I. But but I am excited that, you know what? We're going to get a team that isn't FTR as much as I love FTR. You know, we're, we're not getting a team that's them or the Young Bucks or the Jurassic Express. They're actually bringing up a team that we don't know a lot of but have been impressive, you know, at least in the one match they've had and the few in, in Dark that I've caught, you know? Like, it's just, you know, so, I mean, look, after the match, they cut a – Wait, you watch Dark? occasionally because we are the number one analysis for all things, all elite wrestling, but I wouldn't uh, admit that to people. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, after the match, they cut the promo, they challenged the bucks. It looks like it's going to be the acclaimed and the young bucks for the titles next week. Pretty exciting stuff. Let me tell you, um, top flight are interviewed next by Dasha again. Uh, they, they, they talk about, uh, Chris Jericho and MJF looks like that is, uh, where this feud is going. It looks like that MJF and Chris Jericho are going to take on top flight. If Chris Jericho and MJF form a tag team, I would not be opposed to it. I would not be opposed to them holding the tag team titles for a little bit, you know? So, um, we'll, we'll have to see what happens though, for sure. Um, next we get the NWA world women's world champion, Serena Deeb and big swole taking on Eva Lee and Diamante. Not much going on here, guys. Uh, we, we've we made note of AEW's women's roster, or lack thereof, or storylines, or matches, or whatever. This was more of the same. I don't know. Like, Big Swole is a good wrestler. I like her, like, as a whole. But, like, Serena Deeb's on, like, a whole nother level than all three of these other women. Like, Serena Deeb just carries herself like a champion, you know? Um, there were some nice spots here. Uh, you know, Serena hits a neck breaker and they, they do all this stuff, but like, I don't know. So, I mean, at the end, big swole puts in the, uh, the, she calls it the clear water clover leaf. And, uh, and she makes her, she makes Diamante tap out. Um, so, I mean, like it, it was fine. Um, I, this probably went about seven, eight minutes, you know, but it didn't really do much for me. What says you, Jay? No, 
Wow. What analysis. No. Uh, okay. Diamante and Eva Leafs look like they wore Cookie Monster sweatpants to gym class. I just uh, can't take them seriously. Classic. Uh, Big Swole is unfun to watch. <laughs> Big Swole is unfun. Like, imagine, like, Lance, have you ever had fun before in your life? Uh, I think. Like, think was. about the time that you and I ate a Crave case and how much fun that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, now imagine okay, yeah. doing the opposite of that. And that's what it's like to watch Big Swole wrestle. Uh, yeah, I mean, Serena like, Deeb does not deserve to be out here with these people. Serena Deeb deserves to be a multi-company champion, uh, where she comes in and she t- she gets the belt off of Hikaru Shida because, frankly, I think she's better than Hikaru Shida. Look, we're just gonna have to wait and see, my man. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, after the match, Nyla Rose ran down, and and her and Vicky Guerrero and. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero stomping on. I think she stomped on. Uh, I think she stomped on Serena Deep, and it just looked so bad. This is where we're at, AEW. Uh, Red Velvet runs out of the ring with a chair and kind of, you know, chases everyone away. The fact that that Vicky Guerrero is on this show does not make me feel uh, anything inside. So, um, next we have a. Uh, the best friends are, are backstage and they're talking about, you know, talking about because Miro announced earlier that he's going to do the wedding date of Kip and Penelope. Who fucking cares? Who cares? Say it louder for does the anybody, people in the back. Does anybody care about this goddamn wedding? I don't. Wow. I've never been less interested in anything in my life. I'm like the women that, that were like attracted to me in high school. Not interested. You know, that's so non-existent, uh, non-existent. Yes. Uh, anyway, Jurassic Express, there's like a fucking video package here because they they have to remind us because these guys are never on the show have to remind us that they're still a tag team. But wait, next week, they'll be going up against Colt Cabana and five and ten of the Dark Order. Can we not get better names for these people. Moving on. FTRs at the announce table. They complained about their spot in the company. They say they have Jurassic Express in their in their crosshairs. I don't think that's really going to put you up, back up on the upper echelon of the tag team division. Beating Ooh, guys they beat Marco Stunt. Ooh, I'm scared. If if Marco Stunt is anywhere near that, I might. I'll, I won't do anything. I'll continue watching because I want this company to thrive. But uh, with that being said, Jay, it is your favorite time, buddy. Me to run down the matches for next week. Now remember, kids. Next week, Dynamite starts after the NBA game. They said it's going to be like around 10, but who knows with the NBA. Uh, Next week, it is the AEW World Tag Team titles, the Young Bucks taking on the acclaimed. Chris Jericho and MJF against Top Flight. Sheeta's in action. Evil Uno against Dustin Rhodes. I'm very interested to look at the ratings during that match, like the breakdown of how many people are... uh, (laughs) Jay, like, can there be anyone less interested in that match than me? Me? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the Jurassic Express take on Colt Cabana, the Dark Order 5 and 10, and Pac faces the Butcher. Oh, poor Andy Williams. You went from, you went from playing guitar 
and every time I die to facing Pac on national TV. Bravo. Hey, he went from the main stage of Warp Tour to national television. That's a come up, honestly. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for it. Um, the December 30th episode of Dynamite is the New York Smash Night 1. Jericho will be on commentary again. The second show, Snoop Dogg is going to be there. Look at them getting Snoop Dogg. <sighs> Let's go Snoop Dogg's on Cody's new show. Yes, yes, I believe that. Um, yeah. Okay, so which brings us to the main event. Now, before I get into the main event, I, I just want to say something on like kind of a personal level. Will you allow me to, Jay? Please. Well, it's your show. You're the host of this show, so go ahead. Well, we're both hosts. We're co-hosts, my friend. Well, go ahead. Say more. <clears throat> I respect Tony Khan as a businessman and a wrestling promoter because you know what? He's a fan, and God damn it, we need that sometimes. We need, we need fans in the business. He seems like he genuinely cares about this company and wrestling as a whole, which I can really appreciate. So what I'm about to say is with all due respect, because I think that Tony Khan is a visionary. What the fuck is this main event, bro? What is this main event? I'll tell you what this main event is. It's your champion, Kenny Omega, He's certainly not Cowley. my champion, so don't don't yeah. let me in okay. with those people. All right. Well, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, with Don Callis, who right now might be my favorite like mouthpiece in wrestling. I don't know. Don Callis lost a lot of points with me this week. Well, we're about to find out why. But they, but Kenny Omega's waging war with Joey fucking Janella. The you bad. heard it, folks. The bad boy, uh, Kenny Omega's uh, heavy set, uh, a black sheep of the family cousin, uh, doppelganger Joey Janela. Okay, so could you not find anybody else to main event your fucking show? <laughs> this you sucks. can't so bad on you so can't... many levels. You can't find anybody else but this guy. This guy that me and Jay are in unison thinking. Can this guy wrestle a goddamn wrestling match without there being barbed wire and fucking garbage cans and shit? Can you just wrestle? Because no. this is no DQ, obviously. Because uh, Joe magically, magically. Like they do this with their they do this with their like uh, with their hardcore guys, they can only wrestle like it's 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 almost like it's in their contract that they won't wrestle a normal match. It's almost like it's almost like Tony Khan was like, "Hey man, I'll offer you a bunch of money, Joey. I'm going to offer you a bunch of money, money that you might even be able to afford to go to rehab on." Uh, and I don't know if Joey Janelle has a drug problem, but he just he looks like a meth addict. Um, but, like, Tony Khan looked at him and was like, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of money to come on my wrestling show. And then Joey was like, word, I hear you, but we have to put it in my contract that I can only have these matches where I use trash cans. Uh, all of my matches have to be non-disqualification uh, hardcore matches. I won't do it any other way. I have morals. I have a moral compass. And then Tony Khan was like, say no more. Sign here. Thank you for just giving me that detailed description right there. That's exactly what it was. I'm convinced Joey Janelle is not under contract. 
because I don't think anybody in their right fucking mind, any wrestling promoter in the world, I wouldn't sign this guy to fucking work at Waste Management, man. Like, would you Would you sign to work at Combat Zone Wrestling? Jesus Christ, Joey Janela? This is how this is how you want to end your show. Poor Sonny Kiss, man. Poor Sonny Kiss. That's all I got to say. You got to be paired with this fucking jack. Look, look. Joey Janela isn't even that good of a hardcore wrestler. I could walk up and smash somebody in the head with a fucking trash can lid. Hell, pay me money to do that. If this guy's getting paid anything more than sixty grand a year, it's too much. I'm still laughing about the fact that you wouldn't hire him to work at waste management. I would not. I wouldn't trust this guy to take my fucking garbage out. I would go in the ring right now with Joey Janela. I would wrestle him. All we got to do is staple each other's foreheads. I can fucking do that. All right, Joey, just sit there while I do this. Anyway, you have Omega going toe-to-toe with Joey Janela. While Don Callis does commentary because Tony Schiavone told him to fuck off, and and in no uncertain terms would he be uh, giving him a seat. But you you cannot... You cannot deny that Don Callis on live commentary made this fucking mess. No, it didn't. It made it more uncomfortable. It was so awkward and it fell so flat. And I get that he's trying to be a heel, but like it just made the segment bad. Man, I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more on this. Like ever. We disagree the match was the drizzling shits. We we don't disagree, or we don't disagree on the match. We do disagree on on Don Callis here, just roasting this fucking guy. Like, I mean, look, I think it adds to Kenny Omega's kind of heel thing to have Don Callis just picking apart this guy live on a microphone. I think that it, you know what I mean. So I I don't know, dude. I was a big fan of the look. Kenny Omega wins after seven minutes, but the fact that this went seven minutes and 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 Kenny Omega went through a table, went through a table in this match, and Joey Janela reversed his finishing move into a reverse Hurricane Rana. Why don't you just take the belt and pee on it in the middle of the ring? Like, like was anybody expecting Joey Janela to win this match? Oh, nobody? I'm waiting. Nobody. Certainly not me. A squash match in your main event. I'm done talking about this. Uh, I am just about over the North Carolina thing. And I've said that for weeks now, but I just can't do it. I like have to mute my television. Also, I didn't think the dancing girls were going to come out this week, which was going to be fine with me. Uh, they don't look like they're having a good time. Uh, Don Callis fell super flat. Uh, I don't like that he does. Like You, you remember in the, in the Flintstones when uh, Fred Flintstone goes bowling? He makes that same mannerism before he hits his V trigger and it drives me up the fucking wall. You just uh, compared Kenny Omega to Fred Flintstone. I sure did. Uh, Kenny Omega That's- makes Fred Flintstone look like Barney Rubble. Solid. Man, uh, I love doing the show every single week. <laughs> this match sucked, and I hope we never have to see it again. This match sucked, and... My biggest gripe with this whole thing is right now you have one of the biggest wrestling angles that they've had in a lot in a couple of years, you know, where you had really people talking. Joey Janela shouldn't be anywhere near this fucking segment. Nowhere near it. I mean, is there a bigger charisma vacuum than Joey Janela? Uh, yeah, Kenny Omega. 
uh, the I young like bucks. I like Kenny Omega's champion. I'm not as critical, but uh, but after the match though is where we're really getting to the meat of the bone here. Um, Pac comes out. He says that that how is Omega the champion? And that they were supposed to uh, face each other before the pandemic all went down, and it's announced that Pac will take on Kenny Omega for the world title. No, no, it's not Pac. Uh, Kenny takes on Ray Phoenix for the world title. That match That's is gonna right. be sick. That match is gonna be sick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very excited for that. I hope Don Callis is on actual commentary for that. Not really over the house microphone, but on actual commentary. Because I think that Don Callis is a great commentator. I do. I love the way that he just makes it. He just comes off as a prick. And I love it. I love every second of it. But uh, but that's the end of the show, Jay. I didn't mean to rush through that last part. But damn it, this is one of the most frustrating wrestling shows I've seen in a long time. Hey, we're done with it. We We don't have to talk about it anymore. It's in the rear view now. So, of course, we'll be back next week and and doing all that. But make sure you check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket today. Make sure you you let them know that one with the undercard sent you. And, and hey, man, Vinny and, and, uh, and just everybody over there, just great people. So go check them out. Support a small business and uh, support your favorite heels. Um, I am at Collective Heel on Twitter. Let us know how you how you felt about the AEW show. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What, why was Jelly, Joey, Jelly Janela in the fucking main event? Why? 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 It's going to be a question that's going to haunt me all week. I'll let you know the answer next week. But uh, we'll be here every single Saturday. Make sure you're joining us. Um, we will be here next week, obviously, for the later episode of Dynamite. Keep me up past my bedtime. Uh, make sure you check out our other show, on the network, the the Heel Turn Collective podcast, and me and our boy Shane, we talked about everything on that one. So make sure you're just supporting the brand as a whole. Uh, I am Lance. He is Silky J. Johnson. Before we get out of here, Jay, is there anything you'd like to add? First round of vaccines have gone out to healthcare workers, but that doesn't mean you can take your mask off. Keep being good to one another, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, until then, I, I guess we'll just uh, we'll sign off here and hope all for the better for next week. So peace.